Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight I have a special guest, Andrew Doran from the Banknote, who was at the match today. Um, and he's going to give us kind of a first-hand take here. How, how's yeah. it going, Andrew? I'm good, Kirk. It was, a, it was a wild game, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, what was it like watching that in-stadium live tonight? It, um, the the first thing I thought about at the end was the appropriate headline for this game would be bangers and mash, because it felt <laughs> like every single goal that happened was either a banger or it happened because there was just a mash play in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy was insane though it was one of the only times I've been to the Bank of California um, for just a regular season match and it was full before kickoff and that might have something to do with FS1 pushing the game back a little bit to mm-hmm. 7.55 instead of 7.30 but the energy was electric the, both teams came out firing um, and it was just uh, I, the only way I can describe it is insanity yeah, I mean it it was amazing the way, you know, one one nil, one to one, two to one, two to two, three to two, three to three. Um I mean credit to LAFC for equalizing so many different times, but Philadelphia just seemed to have a few uh tricks up their sleeve. I also feel like they came out to CONCACAF tonight. Um <laughs> I mean from yeah. the start. So I mean obviously some of those uh some of those injuries are legitimate. You have guys getting kicked in the head. Uh, you have blood all over. I can't remember. I think it was Martinez's face. Um, but, I mean, a lot of injury time leading to eight minutes of, of stoppage time in uh, in the first half. So I just felt like their plan was to come in, score a couple, and then CONCACAF their way to a, to a road victory. 100%, Kirk. Um, especially in the first half after the goal by Santos. Um, it just, I was worried that LAFC was going to be trying and trying and trying and nothing was going to break through. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously until that Carlos Vela um, banger, just about 20 yards out. That was just an absolutely perfect shot from him. Um, and still not the best free kick taken on the night. <laughs> no, still not the best free kick taken of the night. That obviously has to go to, the second goal by Philadelphia in the second half. But yeah, um, it definitely was some coffee camping. I was definitely having thoughts of what is probably going to happen on Thursday uh, when we go against Cruz Azul. But mm-hmm. um, it was definitely nice to see LAFC come back three times. Um, I was just looking over the stats right now. And between um, equalizing on the second goal and equalizing on the third goal, we equalized 63 seconds to tie it two to two. And then we equalized again, 90 seconds when it, when we went three to three. So that's kind of nice to see. It's almost like the opposite of what LAFC normally do when we normally score a goal and then we give up a goal right away. We're doing the opposite. So that was nice to see. Yeah. I mean that Nani goal from last year in Orlando still haunts my dreams where (laughs) you go up and take the lead and then immediately there's Mm -hmm. just a free ball in the box for Nani. Just so frustrating. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess I guess that's kind of positive. Yeah, <laughs> would, it, it I'd is. like to see us stop conceding, but yeah, I would love to not see three goals go into the back of the net, um, especially because mm-hmm. I felt like Vermeer, um, a couple of them, I felt like he was out of position, and almost like you and Josh, I, I'm not a goaltender expert by whatsoever, um, but there's just he just seems off. He seems a little bit too far off his line, and because of that, especially with those set piece goals um 
they just go into the back of the net because he can't get to it fast enough. Right, right. That, I mean, it is something uh, – I we're four games into his tenure now, and mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to get any better. I, no. I mean, the guy's like 34 years old, so he – I mean, at this point, this is his game. And yeah. every once in a while, he'll make a fantastic kick save. I think he had like one on Shabilko in the first five minutes or so. He did, uh, yes. Where he, he comes flying out and gets a kick save, but he's also – going to get chipped and beat and he's probably going to give away some penalties at some point yeah uh so it it, man it's it's hard to trust that it does make me wonder where pablo cisniega is and uh if vermeer really is that much better than him i don't know what do you think yeah i don't know either i mean it's hard to say with cisniega just because you know last year he had that amazing run for like three games and then he came kind of crashing back down to earth Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see how raw he was. Um, I was trying to watch, I came early, obviously, because I was in the press box today. And so I watched warmups um, this evening. And it was interesting to see how different Vernier and Susan Yeager are. Um, because Vernier, it seemed like he had the confidence of like coming out and taking on those balls, especially when the team was warming up, whereas Susan Yeager kind of um, was back a little bit closer to the line. And obviously, it's two totally different styles of play, um, and I can understand that. But obviously, Bradley likes a aggressive goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I think it fits within the style, and then you get a lot more counter attacks. And you could see that throughout the game. Like, Veneer would get the ball, and you, you couldn't even blink, and all of a sudden, LAFC was pushing the ball forward again. So I think Veneer brings that, where Cisniega maybe doesn't have that maturity level yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that maybe plays out throughout the whole season. Yeah. And I mean, to Bob's credit here, Josh and I, I feel like the one thing that we were consistent about last year when it came to critiquing the goalkeeping position was that we just felt like the team just needed to pick one and go. Doesn't matter if it's Miller, doesn't matter if it's Cisniega, pick one and ride him in the regular season. If you feel like you need a different keeper for the open cup, go ahead so, I mean, maybe maybe that's what they're doing here. Maybe it's, you know, Vermeer is our guy. We went out and spent a bunch of money on him. And we're going to, you know, we're going to ride or die with him. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, there'll be they're more, or there may seem to be uh, some more dying. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Place. But, um, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of uh, thrilling matches like tonight. Yeah, right, right. Anything else you saw tonight from uh, from the press box that you wanted to share with everybody? Well, I think the only thing I think um, everyone's wondering about is why is there so much like disconnect? And I think, unfortunately, it's because of the midfield. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is a common theme. Granted, we're only four games into the season, but it feels like the midfield has um, regressed a little bit. And I'm just looking at the stats real quick. And um, like uh, Mark Anthony Kay, only had a packing, passing accuracy of uh, 81%. Latif mm. Blessing had it 78.7. And Atuesta was the best at 83.3. So that's concerning um, to me, at least. Um, and what was also concerning was last year, I remember being able to watch the midfield and they kept on rotating. So I know Atuesta is technically the, the back midfielder, but you would see them all rotate throughout the game. Um, and I just feel like they're not doing that anymore. 
and then they're getting put under pressure, especially Kay a lot tonight and earlier in the season, and he's just not taking the best of touches. And so because of that, they're either giving up the they're giving up the ball in the midfield and then the other team can counter on that, or they're just losing opportunities to move the ball forward. Um, so I think that's right. really interesting and also mildly concerning because this team literally is the, the midfield is the heartbeat of the team. Um, and if they can't figure that out, then, you know, Carlos Vela and Rossi aren't going to get the best chances in the world to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I, I'm glad you see the midfield that way, uh, mostly because it reassures me of my opinion here. Uh, I, I think there's a couple things not working there. First is Tristan Blackman coming central. Uh, I, I understand what it does in giving a another pivot option and another counter-pressing option as well. Um, I'm still not convinced it's the right thing to do with on Vela's side because he's the one that is going to be coming back wide to receive the ball from a center back or from Blackman. And now you have your best goal scorer and best creator, you know, an extra 20 to 30 yards away from goal, uh, which is a bit worrisome to me. Um, one of the other things I think specifically with Philadelphia, and I'll, I, I'm going to be watching this very closely in the rewatch is in Philadelphia's four, four, two diamond, you have two strikers, each marking up on uh, on your center backs, and then the ten Brendan Aronson just sitting right in between Ed, Eddie Atuesta and Tristan Blackman, and then you know the right and, and left center midfielders right there ready to press as well. So you kind of you're just completely outnumbered, and you're too easy to counter press against, and that's what led to the first goal um, was Shabilko actually working back to uh, take the ball off of off of Blackman after it was played into him in the center. In the center, um, mm-hmm. So to me, I'm not sure that individual game tactic is right, and I'm still not convinced that the principle is the right one to use. Uh, but as Josh and I always say, we're not paid to make those decisions. Uh, we're just <laughs> here, you know, at 11 o'clock at night critiquing them from the comforts of our own home. Um, the other thing I think is interesting is, is Mark Anthony Kay's struggles it seems like every touch he has is loose and in the wrong direction. So many of his passes aren't coming in time and his decision-making, I feel like has slowed down. I'm not sure if it has to do with him playing further up the field, almost as a second 10 rather than in that typical eight role that we saw him last year, but it just seems like something's off there. Um, What do you think about that? Yeah, I I agree with you, Kurt. Um, I was sitting next to a gentleman uh, today in the, press box um who I, I don't know and i didn't get his name but uh, after about k's like 10th misstep with regards to like getting the ball into his feet and like turning um he just bluntly said it looks like he has bricks on his feet and yeah. it kind of does yeah. i kind of agreed with that immediately and i was like oh you're right um so i think i and could be yeah because he's p- maybe playing in a different role and he can't like settle down in that role I really don't know. It's kind of baffling. Um, but yeah, he's really struggling with controlling the ball. And it's very apparent, especially with Atuesta, who can take down the ball. So nice. Um, but then you're also getting, you know, Janelle is coming in and he's doing the exact same thing Atuesta is doing and bringing the ball down nice and soft. And 
it's just so apparent that Kay, for some reason, he just almost feels, it almost looks like he's rushing a lot. And because of that, he's not getting the correct uh, press off the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I watch him, I, I see a guy that wants to receive the ball a little bit deeper in the field and be able to take a few extra touches, right? Somebody that mm-hmm. wants to dribble the ball forward, carry it forward, and then find a pass, as opposed to a guy who's going to be receiving the ball further up, possibly with his back to goal, and have to you know work on the half turn or something and then fire in a ball. Uh, I think he's just a guy who wants to have the game in front of him, and yeah. that role doesn't really uh, allow him to do that. Uh, he's got to – yeah. I mean, some things that he could possibly do are, you know, checking his shoulder a little bit more often to make sure he knows where everybody's at so he can play more one-touch passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the really confusing things about this is uh, in the lead-up to the second goal, he receives the ball and does turn and take a few dribbles forward. And then as soon as he meets pressure, he stops and, I mean, practically puts his foot on the ball and he's got two options. I think it was at that point Rodriguez or Palacios on his left wide open and eventually they get frustrated watching him and just bomb down the wing. So now that option's taken away. He turns and fires a bad pass to Atuesta and then it leads to that free kick and the absolute golasso from I don't remember the guy's name. Is he Ger- he's a German center back or something like that? Comes up and takes that ridiculous yeah. free kick. Ridiculous is right. Um let's see what i I just know his first name's Jacob. So yeah, I, I'm gonna, Gagnus or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah. know. It, it it is it is weird to watch K struggle, and I mean the midfield struggle in general, especially when we, especially you know when you start blessing K and Atuesta, who ran through the league last year, um, mm-hmm. with the way that they both pressed and built possession for the team. So yeah, uh, anything else on the midfield there, Andrew? Uh, nothing for the midfield. I think we all can see it and hopefully as the season goes on it gets more clean yeah i mean i have to imagine that once janella especially breaks through a little more and bob could have been saving his legs for thursday he might have already supplanted k i don't i don't know yeah. um but he's just so clean on the ball that i think he's going to offer a lot uh, even if he both he and Atuesta are on the on the field together yeah um, i agree with that a thousand percent yeah Anything else you want to get into here? Anything else that you saw that you really enjoyed? Um, I did. There was one matchup that you could see within about two minutes um, was going to be the deciding factor on this game, and that was um, LAFC's Djokovic against um, uh, Sergio Santos from the Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Union. Because um, Santos, he's new to MLS. He's actually quite new to football in general. He's only This was his 19th ever game. Um, in wow. world football, and uh, he is quick, like insanely fast. Uh, if he doesn't have 20 goals by on his name by the end of the season, then the union did not use him properly. Um, and he did score today, obviously, but um, Djokovic had an unbelievable game marking him. He was almost man-marking him for the mm-hmm. entire first half, um, and he was keeping up with them, and he was absolutely just bullying them off the ball. Um, and if he wasn't doing that, he would have easily scored at least two or three more goals. Uh, yeah. He was unbelievable in space. Um, but Djokovic had a really good game against him. And I think I'm still wondering what 
Bob Bradley sees in Jokovic because he is playing really well. And what did he do in the offseason to make him so much better? But this is a game that he easily could have kind of like crawled into a hole and been nowhere, nowhere to be found. But he absolutely saved the back line multiple times because of um, Santos. He was just so big and fast and everything. So that was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're all worried when Walker Zimmerman got uh, sold off to Nashville. And I mean, I, me especially, I I think Walker, even though he was a bit shaky in the second half of the season last year, provided a, you know, like a known entity. We knew that he mm-hmm. was going to make a, a ton of big tackles and that he was going to come up with some with some brilliant line splitting passes from that, you know, every now and again, uh, and then score a handful of goals. And then moving to an unknown like Yakovic, who spent time with Las Vegas Lights last year. You know, I mean, it just seemed like he was not part of the plan at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's done incredibly well. I'm glad you mentioned his speed because he pulled away from forwards when chasing after loose balls. Um, yeah. And I think he's 32, 33. So yeah. it almost makes it even more incredible that he's just outrunning these kids so consistently. Um so I mean he's been he's been quite the revelation there. I don't think it was part of the plan to have him playing so much. Uh but at this point I'm like, well, I mean maybe he's going to be here all year, who knows. Maybe you just wait till the summer transfer window and bring in another center back then. But yeah, he's been I wouldn't been pretty great. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be upset if he was um in the starting 11 every week just because he's proven in, in the first four games of the year that he can handle it. So Right. Right. Um, I also feel like Diego Rossi needs some needs some love here because he he, uh, he is such a threat all of a sudden, and he's popping up all over the field. Started at striker, then on the left wing, then on the right wing, uh, hitting curlers from the left side of the box. Uh, all those all those little things are going to do wonders for opening up space for Carlos Vela, who was frequently seeing triple teams today. Um, mm-hmm. And his finishing is getting so much better. Uh, his timing at, you know, running off the center backs is going to get better as he gets more reps up at the nine. Uh, but he's been, he's been great. And I think it was a large part of why we, uh, why we got the win last week and we're able to draw it up today. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, he, I'm just looking at the stats real quick. He had four total shots, and all four of them were on target. Um, nice. And then had uh, the best, the best passing accuracy for the team at 96.3 percent. Wow, that's actually surprising. Yeah, so that's yeah. I agree. He deserves some love because he was for me. He was the man of the match um, mm-hmm. for LAFC because he, yeah, he was so powerful and he was a threat every time he had the ball um you thought he was gonna either create a chance for himself or for somebody else on that front line there for lafc Mm -hmm. yeah josh and i talk about it uh not all the time but frequently enough i think where this idea that lafc needs a a target striker a guy like shabilko i think that does help you but I mean, clearly, if you have a guy who's as active as Rossi and a threat, he's like a multiple threat. He can run him behind you. He can finish from distance. Uh, he can come back into the midfield and combine a little bit. That's that's really what 
LAFC needs. And if that comes mm-hmm. in the, in the form of Olivia Giroud, I, I, you know, fantastic, but, uh, it could also come in the form of, you know, how, how tall is Rossi? Five, seven, a five, seven. Yeah. He's... You're going, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> whatever, whatever the form is, as long as you have those, those little, uh, check marks, you're good. And I think mm-hmm. Rossi checks off a lot of those, a lot of those boxes for you. Um, I would love to see Rodriguez finally get one. And I think, you know, it's going to come eventually, but uh, for the time being, Rossi's still the, uh, he's still the threat that you need him to be to keep teams honest when defending Vela. hundred percent. All right, Andrew, before, before we go here, is there anything else you want to get to, or are you just looking forward to the drive home? Well, <laughs> um, like just a closing thought is I don't think it's a, I think a draw sometimes can be a disappointment, but I don't think this type of draw is disappointing. When you come mm-hmm. back three times in one game, um, yeah. it's disappointing to give up three goals at home. Yes. But um, I think overall, I think there's a lot more positive this, in this game than negatives. So I think it gives us confidence going into Thursday in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, I think I, it's a great point you have there where it feels like a loss probably because we're at home and we're so used to to winning. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, again, clawing your way back from three goals, you know, equalizing every single time. Uh, that's uh that's not an easy task in any league, let alone uh, a league with, with manufactured parity. So it was impressive to come back. It would have been great to get one more, but on to the next one. And like you said, a big match on Thursday. Uh, hopefully we can, we can hang tight with them. I think it's going yeah. to be a tough test against Cruz Azul, who I think are a top. Are they on top of Liga Mekis right right now? They are indeed. I looked it up before the oh, game started today. They are they are at the very top. So, uh, CCL is always hard, and yes. LAFC have drawn their way into uh, the top two teams. Uh, so we'll see how it goes on Thursday. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We hope to have Josh back soon on the show. But in the meantime, we'll keep uh, finding some exciting and excellent guests. Thank you for coming on again, Andrew. And thank you for being awesome. Uh, When can we we, uh, find your article on the banknote? Uh, It should be posted tomorrow uh, on thebanknote.com. So definitely go check that out. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, Kirk. All right. Have a good night. Drive safe. Thanks, man.